the Dark Goddess. That is the name of today's little wee transmission, the Dark Goddess. And today I'm going to orate a little bit about certain goddesses that relate to the shadow side of things, death, war, etc. So let's start out this piece. Great day, by the way. Great day to be alive. Great day to be walking. Great day to be outside. Uh, great day to be white. So the goddesses of destruction. The goddess incorporates death as well as life, of course, the entire circle, right? Destruction as well as creation. This can be a sticking point in our culture, committed as we consciously are in the preservation of life at any price, and we see this with all types of Talmudotech, and it is all too easy to condemn the, quote, condemn, quote, evil as anything that destroys. However, metabolism involves catabolism, that's catabolism, not cannibalism, catabolism, as well as animalism, decay in compost, fertilize, new growth, and it is death that gives life its meaning. It must also be said that despite our supposed reverence for life, nurture, and positivity, ours is the most violent society in recorded history with the capability of global destruction. So we have this society where we're so hell-bent on preserving life, right? But we also have this society that is incredibly violent. Clearly, something is not right, obviously. One of the problems, of course, with embracing the light, so to speak, is that something then falls into the shadow. Identify solely with the light side of the dark light polarity, and the other side is then sought outside us, instead of finding honesty and balance within. Unfortunate, unpleasant events are seen as... are seen as fault of seen as a fault of someone or something else. How much is this related to the whole uh, germ theory? And so we find ourselves in the fight of to the death, embodying the very murderous power we sought to extinguish. Of course, there was no easy answer to this, but we may begin by giving due honor to the divine destructress, for she is goddess indeed, and though we do not seek to behave like her, any more than we can imitate any other goddess, yet she can show us how to make peace with the darker aspects of ourselves when we make endings in our lives. So that's the purpose of all of this. It's not to create a society of, you know, war on the body, war on terra, as in terrestrial, as in earth, not terror, right? It's not about that. It's about creating the balance within ourselves and seeing the whole Satan Nama, which of course we don't have in this in this Zyosludge society. We can't have it because it's not real. It's not generated from source, capital S. There is none of that. It's it's false. Even on the last uh, transmission, we talked about the false origins of a, of a male birth, of a cr male creator as opposed to a creatrix. It's impossible. This is the beginnings of transsexualism, you know, 6,000 to 2,000 years ago. We we think this is just a recent advent of the last couple of decades. This goes thousands of years back. So to start off, the first dark goddess, probably one that's familiar to many people, especially if you're into the Vedic stuff, Kali, right? One of the most terrifying of all goddesses is the Vedic goddess Kali, and legend says that it is her dance that will end the world. She dances with Shiva, lord of the dance, and she dances best and most thrillingly on the cold, dead flesh of her victims. Kali wears dismembered bodies as jewelry. She has three eyes. Her tongue juts from her coal-black face as she carries death in her womb. And the whole idea of that tongue jutting out, we see a lot of people in... Um, 
modern culture, especially a lot of celebrities, doing that tongue thing. And we somehow think it's something else than what it is, but it's actually an homage to the dark goddess. But many a times it's associated with other things like degeneracy. But that, of course, would be the modern context because everything modern, essentially, that's promoted is degenerate, right? So she's got the tongue out, three eyes, the tongue juts out, she has a coal black face, and she carries death in her womb. Kali was created as a result of a threat by a demon to the goddess Parvati, the golden goddess of sexual love. As fury mounted in Parvati, her body sprang Kali, who quickly killed the demon, but now thrust into the world, Kali could not be destroyed or controlled. She was sometimes honored by bloody sacrifice. To Hindus, all goddesses are ultimately one goddess aspect of the great goddess Devi, which means goddess, just like Deva means god. However, Kali is one of her most favored representations. This may seem strange indeed unless we understand Kali's spiritual significance. Patricia Monaghan writes, as a symbol of the worst we can imagine, she offers us a chance to face down our own annihilation. Kali is a blissful goddess. Once faced and understood, frees her worshipers of all fear and becomes the most comforting of the goddesses. So a wee bit there about Kali. Up next is a Valkyries, probably something else that's familiar to a lot of people. The supernatural battle maidens flying over the carnage of war so evoked so stirringly by Wagner have an older and even more powerful essence. These were the goddesses who wove the web of war with speeds, spears rather, arrows, human heads and blood, determining the result of the battle that was to come. Their grisly work completed, they flew forth like vultures to devour the bodies of the dead. A law unto themselves, they taught magic to the heroes they decided to save, and they have much in common with the Greek fates. Sometimes they took on the shape of ravens or wolves, but only those with second sight could see them, for ordinary mortals could only see the flickering northern lights licking the skies over the battlefield. So another example of the dark side of the goddess, but of course it's all part of the great cycle, right? And now a little bit about the warrior goddesses. Those were two goddesses of essentially death, the Kali and the Valkyries. Now a wee bit about the warrior goddesses. The goddess can also appear as a martial adept. This is rather different from the all-encompassing destruction powers of Kali, which exemplify very primal forces. Rather, the warrior goddess is about assertion, the indomitable will that fights for goddess is about assertion, or about, about that fights is about rights and identity, excuse me. This has often been regarded as a masculine right and identity. This is often um, a masculine characteristic, excuse me, I'm trying to, hard to read it right here. However, Sylvia Pereira likens Ursh Kigal, um, who is another female goddess, I guess, that was mentioned in another part of this book, to the female, uh, let's see, the female Yang. Urshkegel's peg can be seen now as the female phallus that may fill the empty womb with a new and holy attitude to life. This is a force more earthed and grounded than the male, of course, and yet if necessary, it can imbue a woman with the fighting spirit. The Amazons are perhaps the best known female warriors, but there are still other examples. So when we talk about the idea as 
uh, woman as natural spiritual authority of Earth and man as natural physical authority, that's the domain in which they excel in, of course, doesn't mean that they can't partake in the other realm, just we all have our role based on our physiology. And what does physiology mean? It's related to the word natural philosophy, right? So the physiology of the body is our natural philosophy. What could be more national socialistic, more Taoist, more racial than that, right? And finally, another warrior goddess is, or one warrior goddess mentioned here is Skathach. Skathach is the shadowy one, a goddess who inhibited uh, inhabited rather an island off of the Scottish coast and to whom all the great heroes, including Cocuchulin, came to be instructed in the arts of war. She was mistress of magical skills that could make her a warrior, make a warrior invincible. And she was famous for her salmon leap, which could gain access to impregnable heights. Skathatch suggests that women possess many secrets about self-assertion and combat. So a little bit there about these dark goddesses. And of course, this is nothing negative, like I said in the beginning of this transmission. It's just, it's the entire circle. It's the entire circle of life. Life is a spiral. It's not linear. We've been hoaxed into thinking that it's some linear thing. And this is also true of health. Health is not linear, right? It's not the same for everybody, even if we're all the same race and the same sex and the same age. It's individualized based on where we're at at this point in life. And one of the only modalities that really seems to take that into consideration, well, two, TCM and GNM. The rest do not, unfortunately. Allopathy obviously doesn't because they make their money on the one-size-fits-all model of other suffering, as unfortunate as that is. So a wee bit there about, about these goddesses, about embracing all aspects of this, seeing it more from the macrocosmic perspective, but also applying it to one's own life in the microcosmic perspective, right? It's all, it's all about that. And always remember that um, the Skeksis are struggling to birth, birth in quotes, obviously, to birth their synthetic anti-woman pro-disembodiment overculture of Sinzio, what I call Sinzio, it's really synthetic biology. They lack the innate spiritual authority from source for it to ever occur. So they're not connected to that source. And unfortunately, a lot of our people aren't connected to it either, but we have the opportunity to do it. The opportunity is now. It's available to everyone who wants to, right? It doesn't cost any money. It's nothing like that. It's just about honing in to what is real and allowing the dentritus and miasmas and all the sludge to just slough off like a dead, a dead, um, you know, a dead thing of skin, like a snake just gets rid of its skin. We have the opportunity right now to do that. And the more of us who do that, the more of a chance we're gonna be able to live in this Sacha Yuga, in this golden age, which we're on the precipice of. So that's all for today's little wee transmission. I'm gonna uh, travel on, on my walk, enjoying myself on this uh, brisk autumnal day. I hope good things for you and that you're enjoying yourself as well. And until we meet again, Satnam.